0: It's Cheer.
1: And this is Loathing. We're here to talk to you about movies. She She loves loves everything. everything. I (laughs) hate everything. This should be fun. This is a morbidly beautiful podcast. Hello, once again, and welcome to Cheer and Loathing. It's been a hot minute. I'm loathing. Over there is cheer, Stephanie, and Casey. Hi. Respectively, Hi,
0: yeah. everyone.
1: Somebody's excited to be back.
0: <laughs> so, Casey, have you makes, missed makes me horribly? Has it just been just unbearable, the absence between us for so long? Uh
1: The right words are there, just not about the absence, just about being back, mm. really.
0: Okay. You know. Um, I have to tell you that every time you do your little three, two, one silence countdown, Mm -hmm. it takes every fiber of my being not to just talk and just chitty chat during that silence because every time you're like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And I'm like, "I I know we've done like, you know, a million episodes by now, but it's like Then it's just like being a little child, you know, when you're like somewhere and your parents are like, you don't, don't you act up, don't say a word, you better be good during this like time. And then I just want to be terrible and disobey you. And I just wanted to, I just want to let you know that. Well. But I I I don't, I, I keep my shit together.
1: (sighs) That speaks volumes about, about you. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) No,
0: no. Never be trapped in a
1: submarine with the big red button that says do not push. I
0: missed you. I missed our amazing banter and i'm excited to be back
1: well that's good I, mm-hmm. i'm glad you're glad
0: <laughs> thanks <laughs> thank you
1: uh so we're back talking about a couple movies i know you had you cheated on me last week or a couple of weeks ago whenever it was i
0: had to i had to because you were like i i i can't i can't be around you right now and i was like well, well. i'm
1: sorry when my life falls apart
0: oh did trying. you do was that for our episode today, since it's Canadian Day episode, to be extra Canadian?
1: Yes. Sorry. Oh, right, yes. So, sorry. I, 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 I can't did not even say do Sorry. It. sorry. <laughs> well, I'm not British.
0: I know. I can't do it. I just said. I'm not good with accents, but you did something that sounded very Canadian. Sorry. That's not it, how you said it, it though. But that's, say that's it how you like, said it.
1: I, 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 sorry?
0: Yeah, it's something like that, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, it's just my normal voice, but whatever.
0: Is, is that... Is that one of those words that's like, like you know, everyone has words where you can get away with, like, an American exit for so long, but there's certain words that you always have to say Canadian?
1: I, I guess. Uh, okay. I mean, if you've ever seen the memes of Canadians talking, there's always like, oh, hey, bud. With that stupid, like, inflection.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, it is a stupid inflection. It
1: is. I'm not a big fan of that.
0: <laughs> um. Which... Great segue, Stephanie. We're going to be talking about Canadian horror films today. Mm -hmm.
1: Because this was supposed to come out on July 1st, which is Canada Day. But it didn't. So, huzzah.
0: That's okay. Now you get a whole month dedicated to Canada.
1: That's... Sure.
0: Since since you're very much like, you know, it's it was a really egocentric thing. You're like, listen, I'm Canadian mm-hmm. and I really want to celebrate. Even though we had a birthday too in America, but you're yeah. like, no, it's all about Canada. And so this is all about you and, you know, your need to, you know, stroke your ego. So the here I am younger sibling you always it.
1: gets all the attention. So <laughs> it works. Yeah.
0: We're both we're both like we're not good kids, you know? We're both problem children. Well,
1: one more than the other.
0: I, yeah, I mean, I, we're definitely slightly <laughs> We don't slightly kill bigger people monsters, for wanting
1: to have, like, abortions. I'm just no. saying.
0: No, you're better now. You're just, you've, you've got, like, a, a kind of nasty little history like we do.
1: Oh, yeah, of course you do.
0: We We just, like, are obsessed with our nasty history and are, like, let's just keep being shitty and never get past this and never grow up and never mature
1: well it's not a history if it continues forever
0: well it's like it goes for a while and then we then we do something where we're like okay we're better now we've matured right and yeah. then and then like we get some progress and then people freak out and they're like oh my god this is maturity fuck this and then we start acting like idiots again
1: <clears throat> well i mean that so that so might be from happening. the american perspective from the rest of the world you just look like little Baby is trying to get out of your cage.
0: I don't know why. Like, I'm insulting us and already saying that we're bad. And you're like, well, actually, the rest of the world thinks you're bad. I'm like, I, I literally no, just No, but, but I mean,
1: you're like trying to downplay the badness. You're like, I'm not. I killed a guy. It should be manslaughter. And the rest of the world's like, you should get the death penalty.
0: I'm not trying to downplay. I'm saying sometimes I have hope that we are going to listen to our better angels and then i get disappointed anyway that's enough (laughs) political talk for now we should get back into horror
1: yes horror movies horror
0: what um so as per usual, it's been a it's been a hot minute but you pick a film that you haven't seen that meets our theme Mm -hmm. and i pick a film that i haven't seen um so why don't we uh since this is all about you casey why don't we start with your pick you can tell us what you picked and tell us a little bit about it and then we can get into it
1: sure this is a movie that came out in (laughs) (laughs) twenty came out in 2016 uh it's you're out of practice (laughs) it's called the void no it's like riding Mm -hmm. a bike and never forget anything uh 2016 horror film um On my initial watch now, uh, I realized I had tried to watch this at least twice before, and I didn't remember any of it, so that bodes well. Um, Mm. Mm. It is a semi or pseudo Lovecraftian style tale, Um, and I say that because I think it's supposed to be, but I don't think it really delivers on a lot of the uh, Lovecraftian stuff, but we'll get into that. Uh, the critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes is the Void offers a nostalgic rush for fans of low budget eighties horror and legitimate thrills for hardcore genre enthusiasts of all ages. Although, I mean, it's rated R, so I don't know how it can be all ages, somebody's breaking rules. <clears throat> uh, it currently stands with a seventy eight percent tomato meter score and forty eight audience score as well. Um, yeah.
0: Wait wait. Say Wait. that again. What was the... Ro- Wait. What is the Rotten tomato score again? Can you say that again?
1: Like the, the tomato meter score? Like the yeah. critic score? 78.
0: And what was... No, what was the audience?
1: Audience was 48.
0: Uh, the audience is 48%?
1: Yeah. Why? Why is that shocking? The
0: fucking audience... The, oh, God. Why is that shocking? That's quite a differential. 78 and 48?
1: Have you been on this podcast before? Have we ever had have, two that are like... Even remotely close,
0: we have. We yeah. actually have. That's. Um, it's rare. Yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna get into it, but. Um, I just mean, wait till little, you get to the
1: infinity pool one.
0: Just that, a little reminder, yeah. So that kind, I would expect. Well, that anyway. I don't want to jump ahead. Um. Mm-hmm. It, as a reminder, we tend to. I tend to be more in line with the critic score, and you tend to be more in line with the audience score. Mm-hmm. So, I guess this will be interesting to see um, if that holds true. But this one, I'm going to start before we get into it and tell you um, that I also, this is also a first time watch for me, which I find very strange. Like, this is a movie that I had definitely heard quite a bit of buzz about, and I'd always meant to watch it and just sort of never did. Um, and you know, and I heard really good things, and it looked really interesting. And I really do love Lovecraftian type horror films. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was excited when you said you picked this because I was like, "All right, well, now I have to watch it." And it's about it's about damn time. So, uh, to quote Lizzo. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's let's let's do it. Let's get into the void.
1: Dive into the jump into the void.
0: Jump into the abyss. Uh, the great unknown. Um well, it's
1: not really unknown now. We've both seen it, so...
0: Quiet, quiet. Um, So, why did you pick the void, other than you don't really know any horror films, and this is probably the only one that you'd heard of that's Canadian?
1: That's the reason.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it, it, like, the, the premise looked interesting. Um, w- When they said it was, like, a Lovecraftian style story or uh, at least elements of it or whatever. I was like, you know what? I I can't recall a particularly good Lovecraftian style horror film. Uh, and I know we talked about that uh, Fifty Shades of Purple or whatever the fuck it was in Nick Cage. Uh, I just, the, yes. You know what? I was hoping for more um, or something a little bit different. And I, I get on a small budget something of you know, like the old gods and the eldritch gods and shit. It's kind of hard to pull off. Uh, so I, I kind of went in with tempered expectations. Uh, so, yeah. the Like I said, I'd watched this movie, or tried to watch this movie, probably at least twice, maybe even three times before. And I got bored pretty early on. And this is a kind of movie that I think you have to be in the mood for. And I probably uh-huh. wasn't in the mood at the time. Uh, but this time... It kind of caught my attention a bit more. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what was different this time. I guess maybe the last few times I I thought maybe I, I expected more right off the get uh, in the first 20 minutes anyway. Yeah, but it didn't really do that. But this time I was like, you know what? I'm a little more invested. So there's something to say about that, I suppose.
0: I think that's um, some of what you said is kind of nutty given what I wrote down in my notes was that I thought that it was sort of intense and brutal right from like the very first frame and then I in I I literally wrote down I said we're 30 minutes in and all hell is broken loose like I felt like they wasted no time whatsoever having shit just go you know absolutely insane and I really, usually 30 minutes into the film, you're still dealing with, like, exposition and characters and stage setting and stuff. And I I was already incredibly tense and just freaked out at, at the 30-minute mark to the point where I was like, I've got an hour left of this movie. And I'm already, like, uh, I can just feel um, every muscle in my body completely tensed up at this point because it's already so... It's so bananas and so insane. So I I think it's an interesting commentary. I mean, I know you said that it was a little bit different this time, but to be like, yeah, it's kind of boring, and it took a while to get my interest because I had a complete opposite reaction. I was like, I I was surprised at how quickly they were like, all right, we're just, it's going to be balls to the wall, and we're never going to stop. I thought it was just relentless.
1: Uh, That's fair. Uh, Like like I said, upon this watch, I was just kind of like, Okay, I, I I really don't remember why it didn't catch me the first couple of times. I, I th- These were years ago. I tried watching this. Uh, and I, I don't know. Like I said, maybe it's just my mood. I just wasn't in it. Uh, I just wanted to watch something sparkling and shiny and with things exploding. Who knows? Uh, but this time, like I said, it, it, it caught me a little bit more. It wasn't perfect. Uh, but for a low budget, and I don't know what the budget would have been compared to, say... Uh, what was the one we watched probably one of our last episodes very similar with the police office or police office uh police station malum Malum, yeah uh very similar tone to that like it's it's in a single location for the most part uh, there's some some craziness or some monsters and whatnot uh but i feel like the the effects in this were a lot better uh and i feel like the the monster designs were, were pretty solid uh but it did kind of lose me it with the Lovecraftian aspect with the monster design. Uh, it felt just more kind of like Silent Hill than Cthulhu. Uh, which I just I just want a fucking movie where Cthulhu comes out of the fucking sea and eats the world. Man, is that so much to ask for? When, when I hear Lovecraftian, that's the only thing I fucking want out of the movie. Is that too much?
0: I mean... I think... Well, I love. Let's. I don't want to derail too much. I mean, Lovecraftian is is a big term. It's a big term. It's yeah. like it's like psychological horror. You know, it like encompasses yeah. so much that it isn't. You know, it isn't just one thing. So it, it's sort of. It says something. It tells you a little bit, but it doesn't tell you a whole lot. Because right. But I feel like who this, knows what that could be.
1: This style of Lovecraftian has been done a lot. You know, you can go back to the thing and say it's very similar to like it's Lovecraftian kind of story as well. Uh, you know Malum, it's funny cuz I actually
0: this. I wrote oh so sorry I was no, going to no. say I wrote down that this did give me thing vibes oh, absolutely. Um, which is yeah. really I think that's a really big compliment like if I say something gives me makes it reminds me of the thing then mm-hmm. um you you already you've already scored some pretty big points with me
1: Yeah I mean it definitely has shades of the thing in there uh, but like I said it, it I feel like it's been it done a few times and which is fine. Like we've gone over this a thousand times. There's only so much you can do with movies. But has there ever been a, a Cthulhu movie? that Old Gods, where the fucking, I mean, Cabin in the Woods touched on it a little bit, I guess. But
0: Underwater kind of does that. Um, I think un, is a yeah, pretty
1: good. A little bit, but I mean, it that one also sort of like it just masks everything, creates too much mystery. Like I just want straight up fucking Cthulhu. I don't want to be like, what is that? It's like, oh my god, there's Cthulhu. He's gonna eat the world give me that see but
0: i think that's only the problem is, is that that's like your are in shot right because like if you start out with that i mean once cthulhu, cthulhu is there you're fucked like it's a in it's game yeah, yeah so you can't sure, make much it, of a movie out of it like you got to build up the suspense and the tension and be like oh god cthulhu's coming that's going to be bad and then it kind of comes in the last frame, and then it could be kind of like a Godzilla
1: God. style movie, where like he's just toying before he no, decides Cthulhu to devour doesn't the world. Toy
0: and like, and mm-hmm. rampage the city, like, and Godzilla isn't there really to destroy everything. Godzilla just happens to destroy things because, you know, he's a big ass lizard, lizard. you know, that like anytime he walks, he's like destroying shit. Yeah, but I, his like, goal isn't to be like end all humanity as it is with Cthulhu. This is really interesting. I'm glad that we're going down this little rabbit hole. This is fun.
1: <laughs> sure. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, it just...
0: <laughs> Nerd talk.
1: And, and there's a lot of video games out there based off of uh, Lovecraftian stuff too. Like there's a whole franchise called like Call of Cthulhu or something along those lines. But I yeah. don't recall him ever making any appearances in those video games. It's always just like a town being uh, turning into fish people, essentially, or like covering up some sort of cult activity. And you, you know it's, what it's
0: like. It's like the uh, Book of Revelations. Um, and I'm not, I'm not remotely religious, but uh, obviously, that's if you're going to read the Bible, that's the best book. Just skip right to the end, <laughs> right, where uh, the shit hits the fan. But it's like the coming of Revelations is the terrifying part, right? Because it's, like, so, there's this sign, and there's sign, and this terrible thing happens, and this terrible thing happens. And then, like, once it's actually, like, in-game, then it's, like, you know, it it's over. You know, it's, like, it's all done. It's all the anticipation of, like, oh, my God, like, this is the fucking end of the world, and it gets dr- drug out, and it's really terrifying and intense. And that's, like, same thing with Cthulhu. It's all the buildup of, like... Shit's going really fucking wrong, and at first we're not quite sure why, um, but it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And once Cthulhu is there, then there's nowhere to go from there because Cthulhu's like, "Done, done with you guys. Game over."
1: Meh, yeah, I still want to see it.
0: Meh. Yeah, I mean, I I hear you. <laughs> Cthulhu's <laughs> terrifying. I just but. want Cthulhu
1: to come out, man. Like, come on, he's cool, or any of the old gods or the the elder gods from there the lovecraftian stories. Just come on. Give me something other than tentacles and like fish monsters. that's so much yeah. to ask. But anyway, ah. the void. Uh there's a couple of things that um I think they lost the plot with uh, or or could have been done better. Uh like the big not monster reveal, but you know when the like the farmers show up or whoever those guys are. Yeah. uh at the hospital and then they're having like a, a showdown or a stare down or whatever like oh you fuck you fuck you fuck you and then like the monster takes the other cop out of like it, it was just so like everybody was like huh like there was no reaction to it that shot could have been done so much better like you see it and then it, next thing you just dragging him away it's like i feel like we missed something that could have been done a lot better and nobody really reacted like oh my god mitch fuck you no, fuck you, Ezekiel, fuck you. Like, that, it just went back to that. I'm like, what? Come on. That, that shot could have been, like, a scary reveal of the monster. And They just kind of were like, here's a tentacle around his face, and now he's gone. You know what I mean?
0: See, I mean, I hear you. I, I guess one of the things that I thought the movie did really well, first of all, it felt for, for as... Over, as, as kind of insane as what's happening is and unrealistic um it felt very realistic like i could feel i could feel the the tension and the fear and the like kind of palpable uh just terror that was how i would i feel in that situation mm-hmm. and i think one of the things about this film is that i think the reason I had such a, a reaction to it is because there is so much happening all at the same time right it it would be scary enough if they were just dealing with like, creatures and stuff but it's like they've got all this shit and like she this woman's pregnant and she's about to give birth and she's like in pain and um there's these creatures and there's all the shit that's going on they don't know what's happening and then there's these like the farmer guys who are really antagonistic and problematic in the beginning um and they're causing a lot of problems and being really scary and then you've got the cult people outside that are stalking them it's just like one thing after another after another after another and it's all happening simultaneously I feel like my heart was racing because it's so fucking overwhelming and it's like there's no escape there's no place is safe everywhere they turn they've got some kind of threat and I feel like that react the reactions are pretty felt pretty true because I feel like when so much happens You sort of don't even know how to react. You almost become numb because there's stimulation overload and you're just in a state of constant panic and and things are coming at you a million miles an hour from every different direction. You're just sort of almost um, in a catatonic state of fear. Um, So for me, I... I don't know this movie. I will say it kind of fucked me up, and I have said this before. I don't, uh, I don't react that way to horror very much. I watch so much of it that I'm pretty desensitized. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's stuff that I watch and I'm like, that was good, but I'm not really ever kind of scared or very tense. Um, I was really tense through this movie. Like I was very, Mm -hmm. it's very on edge the whole time, and I, I felt, I found it very scary and effective um I don't know if it was just the mood I was in or what but it really I was like this is and like I said I felt like it started from minute one and never stopped like there's no peace there's no lull there's no anything it's just constant chaos it was really stressful I'm kind of stressed out talking about it right now
1: (laughs) and that's a compliment this is all good yeah Yeah, I did not get that at all (laughs)
0: But you tend to half-ass watch everything. So no, no, I, don't w- know. I was watching
1: it. I, I was watching it. I didn't didn't fall asleep. I didn't look at my phone. I, I watched it. Um, okay. I, I just didn't get that. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember the last time I had that kind of uh, vibe. I guess from a movie. Uh, usually, the only time I ever get like a, a slight tinge of anxiety or whatever is when I know a jump scare is coming, and then I psych myself up. I'm like, okay, something's going to jump out here, and I'm going to try not to react to it because I don't want to look like a little pussy uh, but yeah I just that's the only time where it's like there's somebody slowly walking to a hallway and they open a closet you know that's not going to be the jump scare but it's going to come out at some point that's really the only time I ever get got I would say but like psychological tension doesn't really affect me uh, too much
0: see I'm the opposite because jump scares I don't they don't uh it, it, most of the time I'm like more annoyed by them than anything Yeah, they, they feel manipulative. I'm you know?
1: not like saying they're a good thing. I'm just saying they're the only thing that really Yeah. because I'm anticipating it and the anticipation is always worse than the act. Right? Like if you have to go get a, a yeah. blood work done you're like the needle's gonna suck and then it go, you're like oh that wasn't bad. You know like it, that sort of mentality I guess.
0: I think that um, for me it's Whenever a film can make me, whenever I can put myself in the character's shoes and I can imagine the situation and I can imagine my own sort of tension and fear and stress, um, that's when a movie is really effective for me and being like very visceral and in making me care. I have to really care and be invested and then I will get scared because I can imagine being in that situation how terrifying that would be um and i feel like this film did a really good job of uh creating a sense of empathy and making me like feel what it would feel like to be in those character shoes i thought the acting was really strong Mm -hmm. i thought the fear felt very real and believable um the reactions to me you get kind of a lot of different reactions but i felt like they were all authentic feeling to the character Mm -hmm. um I, I don't know. I I was I uh, was a hundred percent in it and I was um you know, I was unnerved by it. I was tense the whole time. Personally. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm I'm glad you got a feeling
0: out. Of it. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> um
1: see I I have a hard time putting myself in character shoes like that. Like I, I can imagine myself in the situation, but I'm not a no panicker. Impetus. Like I, I'm not like my apartment building was on fire last week and everybody's kind of sitting around crying and like holding each other. I'm just like, I hope my dog's okay. You know, like I, I, that that's about the, the most level of panic I got through that entire ordeal. Uh, I, I just don't panic. Uh, I try to not react to situations. Maybe later on I'll have like a holy fuck that happened but in the moment, it's I'm not a big panicker, so it's hard for me to put myself in a situation where it's like, huh, there's a, a monster trying to kill everybody. If I die, I die. <laughs> you know? See,
0: well, I mean I don't I mean, I can't get inside your head. I will say that's kind of what I mean though, as far as the authentic reactions, because they weren't running around screaming No, you're right. Me. There was some level of like, yeah, where like there's one point where the nurse is really like, and obviously I think she has every right to or she's kind of losing her shit. but for the most mm-hmm. part, like the cop is really calm and he's really mm-hmm. brave and he's like going places where he knows he shouldn't go because he has to mm-hmm. um I felt like there was some very genuine human reactions and they weren't all the same reaction. and you did get the like, I'm obviously scared, but I'm just going to do what I have to do and I'm not going to like let myself lose my shit. I'm just going to face this and deal with it very calmly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like that. And I don't think you have to, I don't think panic and fear are necessarily the same thing. Like you might have panic if you're afraid, but sometimes you, the fear is real guttural. It's real deep down where you just like know that there's potential you're not making it out alive. You still have to kind of deal with it and try to get through it and try to be rational and logical. But that doesn't mean that you're not still afraid. Like, I guarantee you, I guarantee. You, I can't, I mean, maybe, like I said, kicking your head, maybe you're some kind of really unique, special case who has a death wish and doesn't like have any value for life. But like uh, 99.9% of people in that situation in real life would be pretty terrified. Like, that's yeah, really I fucked mean, up.
1: Obviously, it would be a terrifying situation. I'm not saying I wouldn't be afraid. I just wouldn't pan. I don't know. It's hard to to describe the the scenario. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, yes. If a tentacle monster bursted out of somebody's head, I would be like, "Holy fuck, that's scary." Um, but
0: because it's not just death. It's like, how are you gonna die? Like, how horrifying is my death gonna be? And that death was a uh, there's some some real brutal deaths that were happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that like intensifies the fear because I think that's one thing to be like, Well, I might get shot or I might, you know something might I might get stabbed or something might happen, you know, but then like to think that you're gonna like transform into this like like painfully and horrifically transform into some kind of other creature and not be yourself and be consumed by some otherworldly thing, that's um that's a whole new level of Suffering and fear and unknown—that I think escalates that basic human, re- human, like you know, I don't want to die, kind of reaction.
1: I don't know. Being transformed into some know. sort of like tentacle You're monster like, I think it'd be kind of fun, kind of cool? No,
0: no, it would not be cool. No, it would a not be. Resident cool.
1: Evil, the T virus, is turned into like Wesker with like fucking fifteen tentacles and a big shoulder with an eyeball in it. It's that sounds pretty cool. cool.
0: It's not cool. It's it's like why zombies are so fucked up. And granted, that feels very like passe now because we've seen it so much. Mm-hmm. But the idea... I mean, because death sucks, obviously, but then it's like quick and it's over, you know? And then you have peace, whatever peace is, like whether it's just I don't exist anymore or whatever you believe, but the idea that you have to continue... You have to continually suffer and you just have to go on and now you're... There's this loss of control, and you're you still exist, but you're not you. And like, I, I don't, I mean, unless you're turning me into a sexy vampire, <laughs> the idea of having to like continue to exist is like in this horrible state is really, to yeah, me, but the worst possible. If you're possible not aware
1: of it or conscious of it, you're basically dead.
0: But I think, I feel like.
1: I don't feel like there zombies. Is a level of awareness. I don't know if don't zombies know. have a level of awareness. Anyway, these aren't real things, so it's not like we can really. You don't know. Well,
0: I mean, we haven't experienced them yet, but the way the world is going, who knows? You
1: know, we'll cross that bridge. If when I we turned get there.
0: on the news right now and they're like, yeah, uh, people are morphing into, you know, we've been invaded by aliens and people are morphing into these creatures. And I I don't know that I would, I mean, I would obviously be like, this is fucked up and I'd be scared, but I certainly wouldn't be like, no, this isn't happening. I'd be like, yeah, this sounds about right.
1: Yeah. It's pretty powerful. the course.
0: I'm yeah. I mean, okay. I, I was expecting the apocalypse at some point and I guess this is as good of an apocalypse as any.
1: Yeah. Why not? Aliens, Stephen King during his Coke phase. Um, did you get stranger things vibes at the end of this movie? Yeah. Okay. I mean, this predates the latest season of Stranger Things by a good, like, three years. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, even the voiceover, I'm like, that sounds so familiar. Like, when the the villain's kind of talking in the guy's head. You know, I'm like, that sounds so... Whose voice... Oh, it's fucking Vecna. That's who's voice... And then it shows, I'm like, that is fucking Vecna.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely... Uh, I feel like it's... Uh, I feel like it's the kind of film that, um, you know, it's a small little film and I feel like it doesn't, I don't think it's unknown, but I don't think it gets the attention, um, and the sort of widespread love that I feel like it deserves. Um, it's for me, I feel like it's a really underrated gem. I feel like this movie is pretty damn strong in the pantheon of you know, indie horror films of this nature. Um, I, I did, I have seen, so the, one of the directors, there's two directors on this, one of the directors, um, his next film was Psycho Gorman. Did you happen to see that one?
1: Yeah. Another Canadian film. It was filmed um, in like I, Hamilton, pretty close to where I am.
0: I do think that there is, there's a quite a bit of similarities <clears throat> in the creature design um, in those two films. And obviously that makes sense. It's the same filmmaker. But, mm-hmm. um, so that's like immediately kind of what it reminded me of. But I, Psycho Gorman, um, which again, I don't know why I didn't go back and see The Void sooner because I loved that film. I thought it was so good. Did you enjoy Psycho Gorman? I did not. Oh, God damn it, Casey. Like, <laughs> you really do. Like, I, you know what I appreciate? I appreciate that you have this thing where you're like, I hate everything. And you really stick to that. Like, yeah. you rarely deviate from that.
1: Um. yes thank you uh, I just want to go back yeah. to one thing you kind of said earlier about The Void being kind of like a, a smaller not as well known which is true um, but I don't know if this is I could is tell you
0: were looking up stuff on the internet because I could hear you clicking the, and I was like doing like well, on air researching I
1: wanted to compare <laughs> the um, review amount for, from this film to our next uh, okay. this one has 5,000 plus ratings on yeah. the audience score which is a lot The Void the next one has only two hundred and fifty. Okay. So at least five thousand plus people have seen this movie.
0: I mean, like I said, I don't think it's uh I, I certainly don't think I mean I definitely heard quite a bit of buzz about it. So I don't think it's one of those like nobody's ever fucking seen it or heard of it. And I do think it made some noise. I just feel like if you sat down and said, All right, like name some of the like like best ten movies in the past, you know. 10, 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think people would forget about this or I don't know that it's something that people are constantly like, like if you ask about, um, y- you know, uh, special effects driven films and things that are like apocalyptic and kind of cosmic core. I mean, most people are going to say the thing. There's going to be certain films that everyone's going to say.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: don't know that this film falls in that category, but I, no. I guess I'm arguing that I feel like it should. Like, I think it's, I'm not saying it's the thing because nothing is, but um, it's it's quite good. It's for me. I I was like, wow, this is uh, really well done on a lot of levels. I thought the effects were pretty fucking outstanding. Given yeah, I budget, don't absolutely. think I say I don't think the budget was big at all, and they looked great. And there yeah. was a lot of them. They didn't because well, a lot of times when you don't have a budget. You know you might have One or two creatures And that mm-hmm. you really and, and they come at the end And you really kind of um, You know You blow all your budget On sort of like With the one big money shot Yeah And And this has a ton A ton of effects And they all look great yeah. And I I loved the shit out of that I thought that was really great These guys yeah. know what they're doing I think they are like um, I think they This is what they do Besides making films I think they like Do effects uh, For other films Um mm-hmm. So they're definitely that. incredibly skilled and uh, know how to make shit look good.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I can't argue with that the, the effects are really really well done. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I didn't hate it. You liked it. So I guess well, it's a win. I
0: mean, hey that's good because this is you know when you said 40 percent, that's why I was like, what because this is and I get this bites me in the ass all the time when I watch a film and I and I think, okay, surely almost everyone is going to agree that this is a good film and entertaining and has value and all that stuff. And I felt that way about The Void. Um, I was like, well, even Casey's going to like this, you know? Like, this is just, it's very hard to not like this. Um, And then we kind of started out, and I was like, Jesus Christ, like, 48%, that's way too low. And then it sounds like Casey's not going to like this. Like, what the hell is happening? So I'm glad... I don't think you love it as much as you should. Um, I don't even know if you're capable of great love, but no. um, but yeah, I, I feel like um, I'm glad you don't hate it. I'm glad you're at least like it's got you know some redeeming qualities. But yeah, forty percent is way too. The audience again. Continuously disappoints me. And doesn't know what they're talking about. That's way too yeah, low for this. The, film. the
1: average pleb is just retarded. Yeah, they're stupid. They can't. Well, think let's for not say that. Well,
0: Jesus. I Christ. mean, those are your
1: words verbatim. I
0: never, never exactly word never, for word is what you said. Absolutely you know? not. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. I do think. Um, I do think they uh, are wrong a lot and make a lot of bonehead decisions and uh, don't have great opinions. But I would never said. what you just said Uh uh-huh
1: uh-huh anyway let's move on to the next movie shall we okay it's yours we shall you do it
0: It it's mine okay uh so i chose infinity pool um 2023 science fiction horror film written and directed by brandon cronenberg starring alexander skarsgård mia goth and cleopatra coleman Uh, The film follows a struggling writer and his wife on vacation who, after an accident, discover the country's dark culture. Cronenberg started developing the project in 2019, with production later being pushed back to 2021. Um, It was filmed primarily in Croatia. It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival uh, in 2023 and then was released theatrically in Canada first, um, right after that it received mostly positive reviews from critics i didn't look up the rotten tomato score so you're gonna to have to do that on the fly we will um, up. if you already did um but most of the critics <coughs> praised the atmosphere the performances and cronenberg's direction um some however criticized its plot and storyline um so that's what i have for you and before you get to rotten Tomato score the only thing i will say is this is another film uh, that I was very excited when you said, "Okay, we're gonna do Canadian horror," and I immediately knew. And you were like, "I knew you were gonna pick this one too." Um, I, I'm shocked I hadn't seen this before. Now, like this was definitely on my radar. Something that I was like, "I'm a big, you know, Cronenberg fan, both of them," and um, was very excited to see this film again. Just didn't get around to it, and was very happy to do that. But I, it, it's quite surprising to me that this was a first time watch for me. Um, So now you talked about the polarizing Rotten Tomato score. So let's hear what that is.
1: Yes. So the uh, critic score is 87%. The audience score is 51. Yeah. Yeah, You need to have like a three hour long shower to be like, oh my God, normal people are watching movies and they don't like my movies. Oh my God, I need to scrub it all off. Normal people are gross.
0: They just, I mean, it's just they don't know what they're talking about. and It's its not my fault. It's sad and it's unfortunate. And I sort of feel sorry for them. They just don't get movies. Mm-hmm. And they're allowed to watch them. I'm not But they're not allowed to have they... an
1: opinion. I see. Well, they
0: could have an opinion. All I just right. All don't right. I think okay. we need to take it seriously. Sieg Heil, Sieg Heil.
1: Okay. Enough. Enough already.
0: Yikes. Look. Everybody has, a, like plenty of people have opinions that are very fundamentally flawed. You don't have to listen to them or agree with them. You just are like, okay, yeah, I know you think that, but you've proven that you don't have the intellectual basis to I warrant a like lot of uh, credibility.
1: I feel like you're talking about something a little more serious and human rightsy than a movie.
0: Well, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm using if, it as what a What if Trump came allegory. out and was like,
1: Infinity Pool is the best movie ever made?
0: Well, that still wouldn't make
1: uh You'd be like that man has a good taste in movies.
0: No, I uh, no, because I he's be he's proven that. What if what if he has like
1: a, a secret Rotten Tomatoes account where he just like agrees with every <laughs> score you've ever given. You guys have if you were to match up your favorite movies, which your list would be literally like bigger than the Bible, uh his match word for word every single movie. Um mm-hmm. you That's, can
0: be well, you could be right about some things and wrong about everything else. Like just mm-hmm. because, like there are critics, there are film critics who I think are right about a lot of movies who are terrible, horrific people that I would never want to socialize with or associate with in real life. Okay, but you know they who know who are critics.
1: You know, you know. Who you're, who <laughs> yeah,
0: they they all know, and they're all very like upset. They're like shaking in their boots that I don't want to be friends with them. Anyway, um, I I i mean no spoiler this look the difference between the void and infinity pool i think audiences are wrong on both counts but the void i think the infinity pool i think is a polarizing film and when i watch it i think yeah i get why this is either going to work for you or it's not it's not for everyone and it's certainly not trying to be um the Void is one of those films where I'm like, n- no, I mean, this is just an objectively good movie, and even if it's not your cup of tea, uh, you arguing that it's it's a poorly made film or not um, doesn't do what it set out sets out to do. Just feels like you don't kind of understand uh, the language of cinema. Infinity Pool, I think you could objectively argue um, why it works and why it doesn't work, just as just as uh, accurately and intellectually honest. It's just a different. It's a different type of film. It's a lot more. It's a lot more uh, experimental and controversial and and weird. And that's obviously not for everyone. And I expected you to hate it.
1: Do you want to? So I haven't seen this often, if ever, on Rotten Tomatoes before. I don't check Rotten Tomatoes other than for this podcast. But there, you know how it has a critical consensus, and they give you like a brief mm-hmm. blurb. There's one on this one that says audience consensus
0: okay well it says audience <laughs> yeah, says, let's hear it. But
1: it says infinity pool is definitely a wild time but when it's trying to be scary or provocative it's often just plain confusing
0: See I don't think that that's unfair for infinity pool see I, I'm not I'm not totally <laughs> against people having difference of opinion I I, I think that that's a credible assessment.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I mean, not for the
0: void, but
1: (laughs) this is one of those movies where I I honestly had no fucking clue what it was about. I had heard about Mm -hmm. it, obviously, but I didn't look anything up about it. I'm not a big Cronenberg fan. Uh, He does a lot of like body horror stuff, and I'm not big on that, Uh, or at least like legacy wise. The name has connotations to that. So it's just like uh, it's eh, it's never really interesting. I don't really care for that sort of stuff. Crazy crazy obviously um yeah so i went into it like no fucking clue no idea and did i expect what i watched to be what i watched no not really um i thought the movie kind of suffered from a little bit of what i like to call the sinister effect where it has a good or a very good or even great Portion and then very rapidly falls the fuck apart, uh, mm-hmm. and this one suffers from that. I thought the first half hour, give or take, I think it was, was pretty good. Um, up into the point where like the car crash happens, and then you, you discover like what the punishment is, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I'm like, what are they going to do for the rest, of, like the other hour and a half that's remaining in this movie? And then they did whatever the fuck they did. Like, if they had it just, like, kept it simple. If it was just a nice, simple story. Um, you can add some, like, wacky and wild elements or whatever. But after the first incident, I don't want to spoil too much because it's fairly new still. After that first thing, I'm just like, why not explore what they even talked about at one point? Where they're sitting around the circle, and like, well, what if... You know, have you ever thought that maybe you're the clone? You know, maybe maybe they they, they did, yeah. did the thing, right? They could have done that for an hour and a half. They didn't have to extend it to two hours. They could have done that for an hour and a half. And it would have been like, yeah, okay. Then the guy starts going maybe insane or whatever because of that. But what they did was just so dumb. It was, it was bad. And I feel like after a certain point, Cronenberg, or I assume he wrote it as well, uh, was just kind of like... I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Uh, I have this idea for a really cool synopsis, but I don't know where to go with it. Let's just do this. And it, mm, it ruined a good third of a movie.
0: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer a counterpoint, but first I'm going to say something super controversial on this show. Okay. I don't think you're entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. So there's my controversial statement. Okay. Because <laughs> normally I'm like, no, yes. you're you're insane. I, I, I um, <laughs> um I do think this film, and I wrote this even down in my notes, it it's doing a lot. Like there is a lot that is being explored at the same time. And so it does feel a bit it is a bit hard to follow the thread like I some of the things that it talks about like there is the idea of and and this is the thing all of these ideas are very interesting and compelling in and of themselves in my personal opinion so you've got the lord of the flies-esque thing where you've removed consequences so now you've removed morality so it's that whole assessment about like is morality even real or is it just fear of consequences? Is it just like us trying to exist in a society and there is no actual real morality. And the second that you remove that society or the things that the consequences or the repercussions or the accountability, then we just become fucking savages because that's our natural state. Mm -hmm. I love that theme. And this does explore that. Um, There's obviously that the, the sort of eat the rich thing where it's like the, the wealthy people, you know, compares the, the wealthy savages to the poor, you know, I'm air quoting savages, uh, as far as like, who's the real monster kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the class warfare. There's the idea of duality. um, There's the idea, like you mentioned, of identity and what makes us who we are. And if, and and this is, uh, you know, goes into the realm of like AI where you have the films where if it's like, okay, if the AI has kind of human thoughts and memories and emotions and the ability to reason and the ability to feel but they're not you know again air quotes real humans what is a real human what makes us human what is the what is the thing that is identity um so all of that shit is incredibly interesting at least again for a nerd like me I love all that shit um, I think the challenging thing is it's doing all, all of those things are kind of one film. It's mm-hmm. doing all of that at the same time. And so there's a lot, a lot, a lot happening. Um, and, and It is inherently weird. And uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit messy for sure.
1: Yeah. Less is more, especially if you're going for like a psychological type of horror. Less is definitely more. Trying to jam 15 concepts into a movie that's already, I think, overstaying its welcome with its runtime is uh, just, I don't know, it missed the mark, uh, which, you know, like he he did Possessor too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And I feel like they kind of did the same thing with that movie. Uh, just like too many concepts, too little execution, a little too messy. And it, it carried over to this, and it was just like, like so the first little bit, was really good. I was kind of enthralled. I was in it and then yeah, it started going downhill very quickly after that. Like one like even like plot holes in the sense of where do they keep getting the clones from? Like this seems to be like a police thing. Like only certain law or government officials have access to this technology or this thing that they have. But these "quote unquote" friends, other people the resort just like, oh, let's pluck one from the fucking apple tree.
0: No, I mean it's it's the government, and the I mean the government runs the state, and they have access to this, and because they're extorting rich people, um, the rich people that get the clones, they they say they go to the the government, the police, and they pay them to make them a clone, and because they the implications are that the you know, the government's corrupt and it is taking bribes and taking, extorting rich people, they're more than happy to take the money and make a claim.
1: Yeah, I don't know, it just seemed like a, a a weak throwaway for the reason. I don't know,
0: I felt like it made sense. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I mean, for what it's worth, these things are going to exist simultaneously. I, I don't disagree with you and I don't think your criticisms are invalid. I do happen to feel differently. Like, for me, I... Uh, I am mostly positive about this film. I don't think it's flawless, but I do think it, um, does enough right. And there's enough compelling stuff here that, um, I would be in that critic consensus of giving it a, a pretty favorable review. But I don't think that, I think that this is definitely, it's a certain type of movie for a certain type of audience. And it is very Cronenbergian. And, uh, because, uh, Brandon is very, very much in the same vein as his dad. Um, and that those films are already polarizing. It's like you're either, that's either for you or it's not. There's really very little in the middle on those kind of films. Um, you know, you're a rabbit fan or you're like, this is absolute garbage. And so I definitely get where you're coming from. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know. It, it, this movie definitely like ticks all the boxes for critics. Uh, one bajillion percent. Um I'm gonna clickety clack here for a second because I just want to compare something. No.
0: Oh, it's such bad radio, Casey. I know. Um, Can I talk while you clicky clack Yeah, yeah no, you I'm, 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 done, I'm done. I'm
1: done clickety clacking. So um
0: what okay. I don't
1: get, so I just I'd like it was just a quick look up. Is okay. critics tend to love films like this that are weird and psychological or uh mm-hmm. what, what oh, Archer—is that the fucking word?
0: A tour, yeah, yeah, yeah like
1: a, it, like films like that. Yet something like if uh, Lars von Trier does something, he gets blasted. But they're basically the same fucking things.
0: I mean, Lars like, what's von is a diff- critical darling. Like I I'm mean, looking those at his, art house films. I'm
1: looking at his scores. There's more green splats than red tomatoes. Hmm. It might be pretty close, but the the red tomatoes are like thirteen percent. Or, like, the, uh, the the green splats, sorry. They're, like, 13%, 36%. And the the high scores are, like, they top at around
0: 79. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I consider, I consider them, I mean, they're obviously very different, but also in the same vein as far as, like, <clears throat> boundary pushing, um, original like a very unique voice a very distinct voice um which is what i think you know i think that's what you're getting at as the critics gravitate towards uh, like something that feels well, very is what they gravitate towards. Well, i mean, you know, tomato tomato uh but but yes, like having something that feels very whether you resonate with it or not, you i can you should be at least able to be like okay, i see the vision here this is a visionary filmmaker that has something to say and isn't afraid to say it and it might not be my cup of tea but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have artistic merit i think that's sort of the the baseline there
1: i i guess i just it i feel like a lot of the time critics look at movies with a certain lens Uh, And they don't enjoy movies like the average audience does. The average audience wants to be entertained. And the critics want to be... They want to feel like they're looking at the Mona Lisa or something like that. And if the movie isn't that, if it is Avengers, they're just like, well, this is shit. Because it's, it's... Or if it is Avengers, it's like, this is shit. And... But why? Like, it has all the classic storytelling elements. The acting's good. The effects are good. Like, I don't understand why something like Infinity Pool can have an 87% and, like, an Avengers movie can have, like, a 32%. It, it's just that dichotomy. It's just, like, what's why? Why? Like, Scorsese says, the, the like, superhero movies are garbage, trash, eye candy, whatever. But they're still telling stories. They're still saving the world. They're they're helping. There's a hero. There's a villain. It has all the basic storytelling elements, and sure, it doesn't have weird, trippy sex scenes where like people are walking around and there's like blood and you don't know what the fuck's going on. But that, to me, is a good thing. Like a movie should have. You're right. If it's going to tell a story and it's going to have a vision, but that vision should be clear. It shouldn't be thick as mud, which is what. I think Infinity Pool is.
0: I, I I mean, at the risk of taking us down a rabbit hole, I think that your summation was very. Um. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, <laughs> it, it's Dumb. really um, no it. Uh, stereotypical that's not really the word i was looking for where you're just being like oh critics only like high art and they can't ever possibly enjoy it i I mean i'm a critic and i fucking love movies and i i'm not saying they can't enjoy it
1: i'm not saying they can't enjoy it i'm sure they do enjoy it but then they turn around and will be like it's not a good movie
0: i mean there are plenty of mainstream movies that are you know that are resonate with audiences that make money that critics rate favorably i mean i i think it's a misnomer to be like oh if a movie is popular then critics are just gonna hate it just because it's popular i mean we could dive into we don't want to this isn't that kind of podcast but we could dive into what critics are looking for and why they have certain reactions and you could tell a story that is like okay it's entertaining but the reason it's entertaining is because it's formulaic it's hitting all the like known beats it's basically regurgitating something seen a million times because that's easy and people like easy and you know what's going to work so as a filmmaker you're like i'm just going to give people what they want and not that there's anything wrong with that but that's a choice and critics might be looking for something that's like okay did you did you do anything new here was there originality was there thoughtfulness was there creativity and if they see something that they're just like yeah this is really formulaic they're likely to be like you know it's very it's a very average uninspired film that doesn't mean you might not have fun with it you might have a lot of fun with it but from a critical standpoint it's not um you know it's it's definitely not like doing anything special and and not all critics review the same way so to say like well critics do x y and z that's very a big generalization but if you're going to generalize that's how i would say That's why I would say that phenomenon happens where you get a film that you're like, no, it told a great story, it did everything right. It's like, yeah, but did it, was it just like um, a fill in the blank template? In which case, like, all movies are fill
1: in the blank templates. No, that's really
0: not true. Uh, Infinity Pool is definitely not a fill in the blank template.
1: It would have been if it didn't try to do 15 million different things.
0: Well, to say it would have been if it didn't do the thing that it did to make it not that. Is yeah, but the really thing that it
1: did made it bad.
0: In your opinion.
1: In yeah, my, well, you know yeah, what? Well, my don't opinion, say in everyone's opinion. <laughs> uh, the majority, because there's more negative reviews on it than there are positive, from normal, everyday people who absorb this content.
0: I mean, I don't think Brandon Cronenberg has a whole lot of interest in what normal everyday people's expectation of consuming content is i think he's got a real distinct voice and he wants to express that in his artistic way and you know if you are somebody who appreciates that then you're like this is fucking gold if you're not then you're not in the audience i mean honestly but isn't that when, the definition normal of pretension people, n- <laughs> no it's the definition of like authenticity and individuality uh, I, yeah.
1: People often Look, misconstrued being weird with being creative. That's not necessarily I, true.
0: It's not, I mean, weird isn't necessarily creative, but I don't think, I think it's very dismissive to just be like, oh, it's weird, so therefore it's not artistic. It's like, it. it's a weird in that it's like, yes, it's it's unique and it's disorienting and it, it's not like stuff you've normally seen, but that doesn't make it not artistically.
1: It made it feel very... Oh, I had the word, and he kept talking.
0: Mm, sorry. Oh, God.
1: Forced. It felt very forced.
0: That's the word that you were like, That's the word that I blanked on. Yes. Let go of?
1: Yes. It <laughs> felt, it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel genuine. It felt forced, everything that he did. And and that's what, that's my problem with a lot of these quote-unquote art house films or experimental films or visionary Artur films they all feel very forced, very, very, very forced. Like they, they're like, I want to do a movie, but you know, like I, I want to, I want to do that, but I want to, I want people to be like, it's weird, so I have to be weird, and now my movie's weird, but I guess that's okay because some critics like it, but like that just kind of feels. Whenever a movie like this comes, I'm like, they're just trying too hard to be weird.
0: See. Obviously, I disagree, and I. It's funny that you say that because I have the exact same perspective for most of the mainstream, universally appealing films. Is that they are forced into the like, let's check the boxes of what people like, and let's not be, um, let's was- not deviate from that in any way because we, we, we just want butts in the seat, and we want to make money, and that's all we care about. And it's not I mean- about artistic vision; it's about like, what's the formula.
1: That's fine. That That's, well, that's
0: forced. I mean, how forced. is that okay? Sure, but... But, I I mean, like, somebody it, just being because, creative isn't...
1: like, checking... You're, you're checking two different boxes on a different piece of paper. That's all... You're just checking different boxes. The, this movie checks boxes. Infinity Pool checks boxes. Just because they're not mainstream boxes, they're not... They're still boxes. A movie huh. that didn't check boxes was, like, Marink*. That movie didn't check any boxes. And I like, that's fine. I didn't like it, but it didn't check any boxes. I can admit that this checked boxes. This went, okay, weird trippy sex scene, weird uh, like body stuff, weird home invasion, weird this, weird that, weird, weird, check, 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 check on purpose. It didn't naturally come to that. That was, or, so it felt like when he sat down to write this, he's like, what, here's the box, the check box of weird shit check Uh, okay we got check uh there's a check yeah we got all the checks just different check boxes for a different audience
0: i mean i disagree i think it was all about hedonistic abandon and that's why you got the scenes you got because it was about stripping like i said stripping away that uh societal expectation of what it means to be a good person and a productive member of society and you can just be because you've got money you can you can honestly just let your inner animal completely come through you don't have to follow any rules and and it's obviously a commentary on the way that our wealthy especially in america um the way they do get away with every everything and anything because they have money. And so they don't have to follow the same rules and they don't have to be held to the same standards. And I loved, personally, I loved how, um, I guess I'm giving away a little bit, but not really. Um, at the end, after they've gone through all this debauchery and done all this horrible shit, they go right back to, as they're returning to civilization, they're like, oh, let's put back on our pretenses. Let's be normal. Let's start thinking about things like, paying the bills and going grocery shopping and what plans we, what responsibilities we have and shit. It's like they immediately um, put those masks back on. And I think that's why you get the metaphor of the mask. It's like, we're, you know, putting on masks and taking them off and what's real and who are we really, are we putting on the mask of a monster or are we a monster all the time who just puts on a mask of a, you know, polite society because we have to, I think that shit is, whether you think that he nailed that or not that's incredibly fucking interesting and fascinating there's a lot of layers and a lot of yeah, like but really interesting not, shit to explore
1: not new well i mean that's so i, I don't think that's I fair mean, a commentary you can break down any movie the way you just did any movie i can take avengers Endgame and do the exact same fucking thing
0: okay
1: like oh you know like the movie's about how When a society is starting to crumble, people stick together, but there's always going to be strife, and there's going to be a select few who always step up to do the right thing. No matter who they are, Iron Man is the richest man, the smartest man in the world. What does he do in the end? He did one thing he said he was never going to do, sacrifice himself for everybody else, and that's exactly what he did. He saved the world despite being a rich billionaire, despite being powerful, despite having this suit that makes him basically immortal. He shred all that. He he took it all off and went I'm the hero. I saved the world. I saved the universe. You can do that with any fucking movie. It, it, just because you break it down doesn't make it better.
0: Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to argue with you about this. I, I think you're Um, I don't know. I don't feel like we're having a genuine conversation about it.
1: Well, because one's weird and one's mainstream, so therefore the weird one has okay. to have more layers, right?
0: No, I mean I think you're being derivative, and I don't. I that's think not, you that's are. Not how I would see it. All right. <laughs> I, well, I mean, agree to disagree. I guess. So like I said,
1: you, you can take any of the weird movies we've seen over the past two years of doing this podcast, and you'll break it down in that way. But if I were to bring up mainstream, and you're like, "Nah, nah, there's no layers there. Nah, it's just what it is. Nah." But because it's weird and low budget, it has layers.
0: I don't what I don't <laughs> like, what I hate is the implication that a movie has to be a very certain specific way for me to enjoy. Like I do love I love weird art house movies. I'm not gonna apologize for that, but I love I mean I am very entertained by plenty of mainstream movies. Um I don't I do think there is but this is true in literature and everything, and I didn't, I don't necessarily, I'm not sitting here saying, like, oh my god, if it doesn't have layers and layers, and if it doesn't make me think it's stuff, like, it's, it's garbage, and has no artistic merit, I do think there is, you could tell when there are certain films where, okay, I have something to say, and I want to explore some very specific themes, and I want to, you know, infuse my film with a lot of, like, allegory and meaning, and then films where that's not, the intent and sure at the bottom at the baseline basically what you just said is that like everything every all art is a reflection of life and humanity of course because it's all people doing human things and having human reactions so everything has some relation no matter how fantastic some relation to reality that's the nature of art itself that's not the same thing as having a very specific goal of trying to uh really peel back the layers on uncertain um you know, really thought-provoking kind of issues and stuff. Not every film tries to do that, and that doesn't mean it's garbage for not trying to do that. It just means I find it interesting when they do that, and and I think that's okay. And I don't like the the idea that like oh because I'm sitting here saying like oh, there were some interesting themes being explored, and I and for me it resonated and I liked how he did it. That I'm like. Oh, that's pretentious because I can't possibly like it if it's not super deep and has all this shit. It's like, it's interesting to me. It's the English major in me who like to analyze literature and like to like look for deeper meanings and stuff. Like, yeah, I know that's not for everyone, and that's fine. But I also don't think you should be dismissive and be like, oh, it's just. I think you being dismissive and saying it's just weird for the sake of being weird is just as dismissive as you saying oh, people, critics can't like mainstream shit because it's not deep and layered. It's like, that's the exact same mentality, just reversed. And I don't think it's right on either side, personally.
1: Sure, but. <laughs> let, me, let me throw a big butt in your face. Okay. Do you attempt to look for layers in not every mainstream movie, but more mainstream movies? Do you attempt or do you just go like, oh, this is a weird one. I have to extrapolate the layers of it. Whereas if you were to go sit down and watch uh, Top Gun or fuck, I don't know, any movie that came out that made a billion dollars in the last five years, would you even attempt to break down the layers or would you just take it at face value? Are you biased because you know this is done by a certain director, a certain writer, a certain producer, a certain company that you're more inclined to do that le- layer breakdown than you are uh, a more traditional mainstream movie?
0: I feel like you for the most part know it when you see it i think that if you if you interact with a lot of these different kind of cinema you kind of know when a filmmaker is trying to is trying to create something that is kind of meant to be dissected or is meant to be um you know, allegory or whatever. And then you kind of also know when a story is basically being hitting the beats of like, okay, this is about heroism or love or um, friendship or those kind of, and and again, I don't think like, I just saw Indiana Jones and I fucking love the shit out of it. And I don't think it has to have, now if I wanted to, if I really wanted to be like, Oh my God. So, okay. um, You know, this is a a metaphor for blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can add, you can add anything onto it that you want to, um, and that's fine, but I do think it's a pretty straightforward film that tells a story of, you know, basic, like, good versus evil and heroism stuff, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I enjoy those tropes as well. I enjoy films that do a really good job telling those kind of stories, I, and it's not that I'm, oh, it's beneath me, and I don't, I don't, want to waste my time peeling back the layers but it's not presenting itself as a film that is asking you to do that or that even wants you to do that whereas certain films I think you know when you go down like okay if I'm going to get something out of this film I'm really going to have to engage with it on a different kind of level because it is trying to it's trying to tell a different kind of story you know and I I feel like I've said this before a million times you've really got to meet the filmmaker where they're at, you know, like what kind of story are they trying to tell? What are, what type of film is it? How are they asking you to engage with it? And then, I mean, obviously you don't have to, that's a choice whether you want to engage at that level or not. But, um, I think there's an authenticity to what, you know, like I said, this is, these kind of films, a lot of people don't want to peel back layers and think and be challenged and stuff. And that's not, I mean, they're idiots or they're garbage. It's like, it's not for them and that's fine um but if you do enjoy that i think that that can be a really rich viewing experience and for me personally i i like it and it's enjoyable but that doesn't mean that other shit that doesn't do this is garbage
1: so this has been the cheer podcast uh
0: (laughs) sorry (laughs) i told you i didn't want to go down this rabbit hole but But like you went down the rabbit hole well, right. because you kept prodding and I need to defend myself a little bit because I don't... You keep implying that, oh, uh, you, you can't appreciate mainstream stuff because it's not layered or you just refuse to engage with it at that level and that's, that's garbage.
1: You heard it here first. Stephanie does not appreciate good movies. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, general consensus on Infinity Pool.
0: I, I really? liked it. It was, I mean, I think it's... Uh, I think it's flawed, and I think it's, you know, some of the criticism is valid, but I I, I enjoyed the experience. I don't think it's one of those films that I'm, like, I want to return to a lot, if ever, really, honestly. It was, like, kind of a one-and-done experience for me. Um, uh, we didn't even talk about it, but I do think the performances, I really appreciated how committed Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård were. I thought they were, like, really, really strong and... Um, kind of worked
1: the price of admission for me. Cool. <laughs> uh, I did not have, like I thought the performances <laughs> were good. Uh, I, and I don't like going into performances too much because I you kind of have to expect with names like like that you're going to get a good performance. Um, it's more like the indie films like uh, the void, for example where you, you kind of scrutinize a little bit more of the performances because they're not big-name actors. They, they don't have a huge pedig- pedigree uh, of films below their belt or beneath their belt or under the belt, whatever the fucking phrase is. Um, <laughs> so it, it's a little easier to be critical of, of those style of movies with the performances, whereas when you get names like Alexander Skarsgård and you get Mia Goth, they're proven performers. And anything less than stellar, you're going to notice so I, I don't really like looking at the performances on that end uh, with, with names like this involved uh, so I mean you're not wrong the performances are good uh, just the story was fucking terrible
0: that's such a weird thing to say like oh well these are good actors so I don't Well, they're. Proven. I don't want to give them credit for their performances no
1: it's not that I don't want to give them credit I just don't think it's something that needs to be looked at like it goes without saying then, I don't know, that they're going like, to be good.
0: No, it's not. I mean, plenty of like great actors well, no, phone it like, in or turn in bad performances.
1: Sure, but I mean, these actors have uh, a propensity, I guess, for doing these kind of films. Like the weirder stuff or the more obscure niche stuff. So it's kind of their playground. It's kind of their wheelhouse. If If Tom Cruise were in this movie... I'd be like, okay, we need to kind of look at his fucking performance because he's not known for this kind of stuff. But they got actors in this movie who are, are kind of in that realm already. So it would be weird if they weren't good. And it would be more noticeable. Whereas here, like, yeah, bravo, kudos, whatever, for doing a great job. But it's not like that wasn't a determining factor for me whether this movie was good or not.
0: You sound like somebody who um, is so like intent on hating something that you're like, yeah, I mean, these things were all good, but they should have been good, so they don't count, so now I'm just going to focus on the shit well, that wasn't yeah, good.
1: Absolutely, like, absolutely. You wouldn't go to a professional major league pitcher and be like, good job, I'm throwing one strike. I it's your job. Do it fucking well. Like, it's not that hard. What,
0: what else?
1: I don't know. You, you you are too readily available to hand out praise.
0: Uh, it's I not, challenge no, people. I, I, I have no praise for you, Casey. I well, mean. okay. <laughs>
1: that's the exception then. But when it comes to movies, you're too willing. See, that's the thing. Like People tune into this and they go, oh, Stephanie's going to love it. But if Casey loves it, that's a different story. Okay. Right? Because, you know, uh, sure. it, and, and the same goes, if you hate it, then it must be fucking terrible. It's, it works both ways, but people expect you to like things. So they're not going to be like, oh, that must be a really good movie because Stephanie likes it, but then they'll be like, oh, she also really liked Party Bus from Hell. So <laughs> where does her taste lie, right? Like, it's kind of hard to, but if I, and same goes for me. Like, I generally don't like everything, but if I say, hey, you know, what? maybe that's a good movie. You should go watch it. They'll be like, oh, maybe you, go, maybe you should fucking watch this movie. And same for you. Like, if if you say avoid it, maybe people will avoid it more readily than me saying you should avoid it. Okay. Anyway,
0: well, I don't. I I'm not. I recommend everyone watch The Void if you haven't seen it. Great. I'm not. I would be selective with who I recommended see Infinity Pool. So that's there's the difference. I liked Infinity Pool, but you know, I kind of would know. All right, my art house crowd. I'm gonna recommend this, but if you're if you're a mainstream person, i really like, mm. I mean, if you love Cronenberg, you should watch this. If you don't. If you haven't enjoyed other Cronenberg stuff, then, you know, avoid this like the plague.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Self-select, that's what I'm
0: saying. Like, I wonder who's writing those reviews on Rotten Tomatoes because, did you not, I guess you, some people don't know what they're getting into, but I feel like I sort of, I definitely knew what I was getting into.
1: Yeah. And you should know. You should. And even if you do know what you're getting into, it still doesn't mean you have to like it.
0: No, it's just like don't watch it. You know, <laughs> like if you're like you you kind of should be able to self-select. Yeah, but I, I mean, you like. could be
1: a Cronenberg fan and not like this movie.
0: Yeah, that's possible. I just don't think that's the majority of what's happening.
1: Okay, sure.
0: That's my, yeah, my opinion, that's my opinion. That's your terribly wrong
1: opinion. Anyway, look, this is you big...
0: should um you should feel free to edit out my rant or any any of my talking. I <sighs> no, I won't no, be offended. Don't... I don't care.
1: I'm not gonna edit a single thing.
0: Did you did you have fun at all? Like did you enjoy being back or are you no, like not at all. I'm gonna okay. <laughs> are you going to take another like 6 month vacation?
1: No, probably not. All right. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But probably not. Okay. Okay.
0: Maybe maybe we'll 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 do another like party bus from hell um, type episode next.
1: This has been the Cheer and Loathing podcast. My name is Casey. That's Stephanie. If you like what Hi. you heard, <laughs> please feel free to leave a review on uh, Spotify or Apple iTunes. Uh, yeah, that's about it. They make us feel warm and fuzzy. You got to shout it if you do such a thing. And we're not doing another Party Bus from Hell episode. Ever.
0: Mm-hmm. Ever. Okay.
1: We'll
0: Goodbye. See. Bye. Bye.